there you go, Paul, if you're listening. I've managed to press the buttons properly this week. I don't know what overlay we're going to use, though. Anyway, uh, yeah, welcome to the pub chat after what was a very, very exciting, nerve-jangling, uh, top of the uh, performance from the Arsenal in an absolutely tremendous game which somehow miraculously finished nil-nil. I've no idea how it finished nil-nil. Anyway, joining me this evening is Mark. Hello, Mark. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm not drinking alcohol, mate. I'm uh, being good for January. Although that game may change my mind. <laughs> and also joining me is Mike. Mike, what are you drinking? Nothing, because I'm afraid I'll have to go to the loo halfway through. So, is that right? Just you. So enough people in the chat who are joining us on Facebook and Twitter and Periscope and no matter where we are, let us know what you're drinking. I'm on my midweek Fosters and I don't know where to start with that, boys. Does anybody want to kick us off? <laughs> I mean, how the, how, the yeah, fuck, how the fuck can we miss a left back so much? Well, it's a compliment to Tierney, isn't it? That, uh, that we did, but we did. There's no doubt about that. And um, uh, I felt like that should have been rectified at half time, that situation, because it was um, it was obvious, wasn't it, that there needed to be a tactical change. And we only made the change when Saka had run out of legs. Um, and so he was ineffective. And that needed to happen earlier than that. So, uh, but a compliment to Tierney. He's probably the best left back in the league right now, form wise, for sure. Um, and uh, it is a little worrying that he seems to be our most creative output, which he has been, uh, and also that the others can uh, find a, a way, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, Mark? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit, it's a, it's a little bit simplistic just to to look at that in terms of Tierney as well. I mean, yes, it, it obviously impacted us down that left-hand side. You know, there was nothing, Aubameyang wasn't really in the game at all because it just didn't work between him and um, Maitland-Niles. Um, and, and, you know, it didn't really work with with uh, the length of time that Saka had to, to get into the game in, from that left-back position. You know, you got to look at the other positions as well in the team. And it was just, a, it was just an, it was an all-round poor performance. Yeah, I'm sure having Tierney there would have made, would have made a, good, a big difference. But, you know, we need to look at the other players as well. It was a, it was a very, um, a very dour game of football. Um, which where is, is that one of those ones where, you know, if we'd have, um, if someone had got on the end of that sack across right in the 92nd minute, you know, we'd have, we'd have, we'd have nicked it because I don't think either side deserved to win. No. I don't think either side deserved the bloody point, to be honest. Uh, but there we go. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm sitting there and, and the longer the second half's going on, I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this too many times. I've seen the, the, the away team hit us on the break and nick this one nil and the longer it went on the longer i was fearing that i mean did you have that winger kind of fearing yourself tonight mike uh not so much in the first half i did not so much in the second half the second half was really all arsenal until the very very end um and i can't pretend that i wasn't a little nervous but i didn't really have that thought uh, in this game no yeah i'll fair one Right, let's, let's, let's go back and start from the beginning. Mark, uh, starting 11. I mean, obviously, there was a surprise that Mari and Tierney uh, both 
not starting. Obviously, hopefully, it's just a short-term muscle strain for the pair of them. But uh, that aside, was you pretty happy with the starting eleven? I mean, was there anything else you could have done? I, I, no, I mean, I, I think you know, if if those two changes have been forced upon him, then then there's not not a great deal more he can do about that. I mean, uh, Mari's been solid, uh, to be fair. So you know, uh, if he's got a little tight calf and he's had a step out, you know, Louis comes in, you should be able to trust him. He didn't play too badly tonight. He didn't really do do, do much uh, do much you know great work and that going forward with his his uh, longer passing. But uh, he was all right at the back bar. You know, that Henry in the first half. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, it was a problem. I mean, the thing is, you know, Tierney, the way Tierney plays as well, you know, we, we're going to have to, we can't be relying on on him the, the entire season. There's going to come a point where certain players like him are going to need a break. And the problem is, I mean, it, it, even if we hadn't loaned out Kalasinac, you know, there's no one there that can give us what what Tierney does. It, it, even Saka to a certain extent. Um, he's, he's not going to be able to do what Tierney does. So, no, I, I think you looked at the 11. I know that on Twitter there was a lot of unhappiness about the side and that and people were a bit pissed off, but he, sh he should still have been enough. Yeah. I mean, Mike, I mean, again, like I say, this is a question that you normally ask me. Uh, I mean, obviously, besides the, the two players that seemed like were forced out, was it a shock to see make the null start as left back? No. No, 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 not at all. I mean, I think he should have started a whole lot more. Of course, he... He had probably his worst game for Arsenal, but you can't predict that. Um, but he's been uh, stellar. In fact, I've you know lauded him many times for the fact that he has been stellar with without a run of games. He always seems to step in and and normally in a bigger game he shuts players down and has a really good game. Offensively, he normally plays a whole lot better than that, but it just went from bad to worse for him. So you know, I think that's just a blip for him. I don't think he's not an option at left back all of a sudden because he had one bad game. You know, the world is always wanting uh, everything to be brilliant or rubbish, aren't they? So the truth is that he is neither of those two things. Um, and as a left-back, uh, which isn't his main position, um, he will be, uh, he'll be fine, but he just needs to probably shake the rust off and play again. Um, but the, the rest of it wasn't really, um, you know, as, as Mark said, not a whole lot we could do. We picked the best team that was probably available. The only other thing that was contentious was Louise instead of Gabriel, but I don't think that that changed this particular game. I think that the story of the game was probably in uh, the coaches and what they did or didn't do. And in um, the, uh, the players, I just feel like they're, they play, they played the first half of the season and today they went back to playing this game of no risk as if there's a crowd there on their back and they're afraid when the ball comes to them to turn and to go forward and take a risk and take somebody on um, but there's no crowd and so I don't get it I don't it's I feel like it has to be this, an, an obsession from perhaps from the coach with with passing possession statistics I say it a lot that the players are just deathly afraid to give the ball away so they they won't try and take a risk and they and so the whole game went by without the magic you know and there's players out there who have a little bit of magic but they're not they just weren't willing to to do it. It's far rather just pass the buck. So it's just infuriating. I mean, look, looking at the first half, and like I say, sorry, that's why I was going to jump in on you there, Mike. Uh, oh, sorry. Mike Bullock, by the way, he's drinking Thatcher's Gold, which I believe is... Is that some kind of cider? Anyway, uh, yeah, first half, I just thought there was a lot of passes where we were a metre away. There was a metre or a half a metre short, or too long, and some were too behind, and 
I just wasn't getting the first half passing. It we was trying to be crisp, but there was just a complete lack of accuracy, I felt. And we did have a good opening 10, 15 minutes. I thought we looked half decent in the first 10, 15 minutes, Mark. But, I mean, it just went downhill from there, didn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I thought first 20, I thought, we, we, you know, we started a little bit slowly, but, but then picked it up. And I thought the first 20, we were trying to actually get forward quicker, move the ball quicker, take less touches than we did once the game uh, got longer, you know. And, and and I thought, bar the fact that it, it seemed to be some some very poor passing that was letting us down and breaking up those moves, we were looking all right. But for some reason then, around about the 20th minute, um, you know, once that wasn't working, they really seemed to go back into their shell a bit. And 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 I think it, it's it's exactly what Mike Mike says. The times then you watch them and you can see a forward pass. Now I know we can see a lot more because we're watching it on the telly, uh, you know, and sometimes the players can't see that. I mean the decent players can, but that's another point. But you know, you can see the pass. And it's not, you know, we're not talking iron and needle passes. We're just talking a forward pass. And yet they don't make them. And there's certain, I think there are certain players that are far more guilty of it than others. Uh, and they're, they're, you know, they're some of the more established players. Um, you know, maybe the kids have come in and made a difference because they, you know, they, they, they play with a little bit more freedom. But um, yeah, I, I mean, Mike, that's a really good point that Mike makes that you, you sort of think, well, that's what you'd expect off them playing really safe if there was a crowd there and it was getting on their back a bit. But it's not. So they should be playing with more freedom, but they're really, really not. So you have to wonder, you know, as Mike has said, is it is it really down to the coaching? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tricky one, Mike. I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I don't want, I mean, it's easy to pull out Jacker, right? And, you know, because I'm a couple of minutes late on my stream, I don't talk a lot to me, mates. I don't, read any Twitter or anything during the game or Facebook or anything during the game. But for me, Zaka tonight, defensively, he was brilliant. He done everything that you'd actually expect of a defensive midfielder. But his passing was absolutely fucking shocking. So I mean how how can you it, 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 and I think that, that almost summed up everybody might. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean I don't want to pick on one particular player because they to be honest with you no one, apart from Leno, no one should come out with any credit tonight. But it was it was one of them games, wasn't it, where everyone was sort of half good and half shit, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You summed up Xhaka very well, but that's just a Xhaka game. And um, I think that until we upgrade our players, then, you know, you that's about the best you're going to get from Granite Xhaka. He did do very well defensively, put in some important blocks, made some important challenges in big areas. But going forward... Um, I mean, it, it, he slid a couple of balls behind, which uh, which were good. But there are so many opportunities. This was my main disappointment with Granit Xhaka. When the ball came from the right, got switched across and across again. And if he'd have taken a touch out of his feet, he had a 20, 25-yard shot. I mean, five, six, seven times in the game. And he only took one, which was blocked. And, you know, that's not necessarily our first mode as to how we we want to attack and get our, get our goals. But if you're presented with that opportunity against a stubborn rear guard, then that's what you've got to take. And very little else was working, but there were opportunities to shoot from the edge of the box. And Pepe skied one and, and Jacker hit somebody, but 
there were so many more. Um, but the game was, um, to me, Jacker wasn't the problem. Tobias wasn't the problem. Uh, today, I thought that they did some things better than they normally do and certain things rather well, particularly defensively. But, um, I, you know, I think the problem was in uh, other areas. Um, and unfortunately for the first time, Smith Rowe, you know, showed uh, some lack of understanding of how to play against that kind of uh, defensive unit and, and his positioning never really helped. And he played for the first time in a submissive fashion where he would get it and give it right back to where it came from. And he did that over and over again. And that just summed the whole thing up. And I felt like the energy that our youngsters have been giving us to take chances and take risks had been sapped out of them, almost like, you know, Arteta's had too long on the coaching field to to get them to play like everybody else plays, which is this risk risk averse football where don't lose possession or I'll shoot you, you know, shoot one of your toes off and then I'll shoot another one off. So I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to know exactly what's going on, but I will tell you this, you know, from a coach's perspective, Smith Rowe's positioning in, in, against those uh, compact blocks has to be much closer to midfield than the back four because uh, you're supposed to stand as an attacking midfielder right off the back of their midfield, not halfway between the lines and certainly not close to their defenders. Because if you can visualise this, by the time a ball is played and then it arrives, the defender, if you're, too cl- if you're five yards away from him, can comfortably step in and, and shut you down or tackle you. Uh, so you've got to be closer to the back of the midfielder so you can get it on turn on the half turn. But think about Smith Rowe in the last game and how many times he would turn and accelerate Versus this game, and then this game, he was too high up, um, and so his positioning was off. And that he was probably the key player because he's been the one that's made the connection work in the last games, um, and he didn't in this game. And I think somebody needed to tell him that little tweak there. Yeah, no, fair one, Mark. I mean, I've, I've highlighted a tweet from uh, Dan Sullivan. Personal fault holding was below par again, getting worse and worse. Positional sense is awful. Uh, Blah blah blah. Another centre back signed on the sheet, basically. Uh, like I say I, I know Dan. Uh, I'm I'm kind of disagreeing. I didn't think Holding did too bad tonight. Did you? I do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he had a bad game. You know, he made a couple of good interceptions. He, he gets caught out. I mean, the thing is, he will get caught out from time to time. His positioning's not exactly his strength, and um, nor is his pace. So he will get a little bit caught out, but. He, he, you know, I thought he played okay. And as for him getting the contract, I mean, look, it's he, he got he got a pay rise because he was getting paid shit money, and he he got an extra year with an option. And to be fair, at the end of the day, I wouldn't expect Rob Holding to be at the club in two seasons' time. You know, but I don't think, given the number of centre halves we're going to lose and the unknown situation with Saliba, that that doing that for Rob Holding was the worst of ideas, you know, because you never know how many centre-halves we'll have at the start of next season. So, um, it's, I, I don't think you can, you can pick up anything about Holding. How many seasons, Mark, have we like, lost half of our defence? Or, or some, I mean, I think there's only a couple of seasons back where we literally lost the whole of our defence. So, having, having an extra centre-back around for the next three or four years, who he's probably not on a fortune, let's be honest. I mean, he's probably, you know, I've, I've not read anything, but I would presume he's on between 50 and 70 grand a week, which it's not a fortune these days in the football world. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a good deal, isn't it? 
I, I, look, yeah, it, you know, I don't know what the money is. It was rumoured he was on 25 and he got a pay rise up to 50 or something. It's not a great deal of money. But but, but the, what we have got to ensure is that we don't get too carried away and start thinking that he's a, he should be a starting centre-half because I don't believe he's the quality to be a starting centre-half. If he was the, the, the second-choice right-back or the you know, the fifth choice centre-half overall, I haven't got an issue with that. You know, we, we've got to do better with our centre-halves starting next season. So, I don't, I don't think we can be digging Rob Holding out too much, you know. And particularly, I think, tonight, uh, you know, he's not really, you know, he, the, the, the header that Benteke got on to hit the bye, he got his run in between Holding and Louise, and that was a bit weak. But, you know, other than that, I don't think tonight's a night to be looking at the... Us uh, defensively, I think offensively was where the problems lie, and 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 Mike sort of covered most of that off with the fact that we didn't have that um, we we didn't have Smith Rowe doing what he's done in the last few games. Yeah, no, Phil, I'm, I'm going to pitch this back to you because it's unfair you keep talking about defenders and that. Uh, the bias tonight, I thought he was doing okay. I thought he was looking to turn with the ball. I thought he was looking for uh, a forward pass. Uh, I think his positioning was quite good. It just weren't working for him. I think he was a little bit unlucky to be the one that got pulled out of the centre so Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, hard, because I think to um, pick between those two who actually played better to me than they played better than their average game, whatever that means, those two were probably seven out of ten tonight. Um, and I'm not sure Thomas Parker was really the guy to unlock the piece uh, but then we don't have a, an option as a second attacking midfielder on the bench um, I think you're right I think Sabias did play well he was trying to drive the game forward and um, I feel I feel like uh, as much as he tried it almost it's almost painful to me when I watch a guy like Danny Sabias because he was really trying to move it forward pass forward even try to run between the lines himself but he, when he runs he looks like he's dragging sandbags doesn't he and it's almost like a commercial for, you know, I'm trying to do what you need me and want me to do, but I just don't have the athleticism to do it. But I, I appreciated that he was trying and he was trying to move it forward where others were just too uh, willing to send it back the other way. Um, but that was, uh, I suppose that's my observation about him. I, I think it's going to be one of those two, Jacques and Tobias is going to be really upset when they're dropped. Because over the last few weeks, Jack has improved his game, and Tobias again was probably a seven out of ten tonight, and about an eight or nine out of ten against um, West Brom. And so those two seem to get upset very quickly. I've noticed their personalities, but at some point, Thomas Barty is going to come in and add the athleticism which our midfield needs. And I'll add one more piece that I noticed um, tonight was, and this has been going on at Arsenal for I don't know fifteen years, is when the ball is is cleared out of, um, let's say we. We uh, have a free kick and it's headed out. The positioning of our of our uh, midfield is always too deep, so their players pick it up and counter-attack on us, and that's been happening for 15 years. And our midfielders are too deep, and that was partly on Jack and Tobias, and maybe that's a coaching thing. But we we suffer and have suffered for 15 years on being counted on because the, the second ball hasn't been won because uh, we're positioned too deep. So uh, if I was to pick on them tonight for anything, it would be... Uh, they didn't ever win second balls because they're too deep. Yeah, no, fair one. Uh, Mark, let's talk about the, the front three. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I saw a bang 
I mean, they said at half time, oh, a Bangyang's only touched the ball seven times, right? And I'm thinking, well, I saw two or three half decent balls over the top that he got onto and, you know, attempted to do something with. Uh, and Zaka had probably an average game. And Lacazette just didn't really get the ball in the box. I mean, the only chance he had was when, unfortunately, Bellerin didn't get the shout and sort of nicked it off of him. Uh, yeah. what, was, what was your feelings on the front three tonight? Is it, I mean, is, is, was it just a bad day at the office for Was it like we're, we're used I, to it? It was, it was very, yeah, it was very different. It was very different from the last few games. I think Palace paid um, Saka a big compliment tonight because every time he got the ball, in that first half, they swarmed him. They were all over him. You know, they they, they really didn't want to give him any time to do anything. Um, Obama Yang, I think, obviously struggled because Maitland Niles didn't start having the best game, uh, and it wasn't really working between the two of them. So I don't think that helped him. But to be honest, he just I, I just think Obama Yang had one of his sort of current run of games where. When if he's not getting chances and that he's not, he doesn't really add a great deal to the team. And the thing is, we all know that we've we've seen we've watched that that, that you give Aubameyang chances, he'll score goals. But if you don't give him chances, he doesn't really bring you a lot else. And I know people will go, "Oh, look at his scoring record, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Yeah, he's got a great scoring record, but. You know, this season he's he's not looking like it, and 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 everyone's saying, oh, you know, it's yet another player who gets offered a big contract, signs it, and then decides to put his slippers on. Um, I don't know. There's something there's something not quite right. Whether it's just his confidence, I don't know. He doesn't strike you as someone who uh, who lacks in self confidence, to be honest. But maybe maybe he does on a football pitch. I don't know. And Lacazette, well, if Lacazette, you know, that Lacazette was back to the Lacazette of sort of two months ago because he, he he had nothing to work with whatsoever. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm sort of kind of, if, if you're not giving the guy anything, there's not a great deal he can do. You know, really the only, there was a couple of whip balls in uh, that he tried to compete with, but that's, you know, it's not really his game in the air, particularly against lumps like Tonkins, etc. Um, and obviously, yeah, the, the one, the one that Smith Rowe tried to put across to him that Vellerin uh, took off his feet, but, yeah, it was it was just one of those. I think it was just one of those nights. But we, we've had a lot of those nights, and we've then we've got used to them not being the norm. So let's hope we're not going back to it. But you know what worries me is that, that if they are going back to what Mike says, and that if we're going to overcoach the youngsters and lose what they brought to us um, to get us out of this slump, if we overcoach them, then you know that's going to not going to be good news for uh, the manager. Yeah, no, fair one. I'm just going to read through a few of the comments on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, Mike Bullock, I'm not sure of our, of our set piece routines at the moment. Uh, Trevor Painter, uh, Zach Royal Party, not both together. Karen Singh, very dull performance. I do, I do realise how important it is to sign an attacking midfielder. We can't pin our hopes on youngsters, too much to ask from them. Trevor Painter, again, rating holding. Uh, doesn't like him together with Louise. Uh, Karen Singh's advice was good tonight. Andy Godfrey, uh, back to reality, table doesn't lie. Jonathan King, Zach, a man of the match for me. Uh, Pepe, I want to succeed, but I don't think I'll make expectations for us. Uh, Glenn, I'll just call you Glenn, sorry mate, because I'll balls up your surname if I can't pronounce it. Played the ball backwards way too much tonight, not enough people willing to beat a player. 
James Tardy a bit flat tonight, but hey, we kept a clean sheet and we didn't lose always forward, uh, which is a fair one. And Trevor again, uh, it's good that we're upset over draw. Uh, we were worried about relegation a couple of weeks ago. Uh, all fair comments there, Mike, really. Uh, like I say, again, I don't know what to ask you, mate, because we've gone through the players. It's pretty much of a dull game. Uh, I thought Leno done himself wonders today. I thought we pulled off two saves. Uh, which was very good. Uh, very impressed with the one that he palmed to his left instead of palming straight out. If he palmed that straight out, we could have been in trouble there. But he sort of soft-handed it to the left. Do you know, remember the one I'm talking about? Yeah, in the first half, yeah. It was yeah. good. Yeah, I don't think it was too difficult for him, but it was still a good save. And he's been very good recently. As have, let's be fair, as fans, we tend to judge performances on attacking. Most all fans do. I do. Everybody does. And we forget when, you know, because we look at the table and the result and we don't compliment the defending across the board or the defenders or the keeper as much as we should. But I suppose a, a small victory tonight was another clean sheet, which is um, that's a run of clean sheets. Uh, in the last five or six games, we've got a few. That's good. The defending was good. There were many opportunities where we were one on one. Uh, play like Zahar against Sold, uh, Holding, so whoever it was that commented earlier that Holding didn't have a good game, I would actually go the other way. I think Holding in, in the past would have been skinned by Zahar and wasn't tonight. Bellerin put in a couple of very important blocks that would have been uh, yeah. on target chances. So the defending tonight, especially by the back four, David Luiz had a good, solid game defensively, was um, was good and it maybe better than good. And uh, Palace you know, had about 10, 11 opportunities to score. So um, that was a positive, Gav. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I mean, that, that was one of those games where we'd all be sitting there chuffed as you like if we got away with a 1-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, I mean, going back to uh, smith Romark, uh and indeed looking at the, the rest of the season, he needs help, doesn't he? he, he need, we need somebody else. And, I mean... Without putting words in your mouth, I think we need a 30 to 32-year-old experienced number 8 stroke 10 to come in and sort of share the workload with him. Because if we play him every week, he's going to get burnt out, isn't he? Yeah, of course, at his age, there's no way he's going to be able to to do it, you know, physically, uh, mentally. And just the question of carrying that form through the rest of the season, it's just, it's not feasible. So there has to be another solution for for that 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 player that plays in in, uh, in that hole where he is the you know um there, there's an internal solution i don't actually think that it's 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 feasible that that won't be happening um other than that you've got to look at maybe do you give do, do you look at giving someone else a go in there in in that same similar situation you know i mean do we look at pepe i mean pepe Pepe's just not. He's he's not doing it, and and it's this is not helping him. This bringing him on for sort of twenty minutes. I mean, he came on, and really, you, you'd struggle to find anything he did where you could say he 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 done well there. I mean, it's just, and and it must be, it cannot be helping the guy to come on and get twenty minutes and play that poorly. Um, so you know, do you do you maybe try and think about putting him in there? You you know, he's he's a after the time I don't know what he's doing don't think he knows what he's doing so whether that would mean the defenders wouldn't have a clue either so that might that might be Andy I don't know 
do you look at even uh, yeah Willian? I don't know, but but there's there's no way there's no way that we can we can ask uh, Smith Rowe to do that for the rest of the season. It's just not it's just not feasible. To be honest. I mean, see, see that's the thing about tonight. I mean, Arteta could have sort of gone a little bit more risky with his starting lineup. He could have started uh, Saka as the left back. And he could have started Pepe on the right. My my issue, Mike, is when Pepe's got the ball, because he's so predominantly left-footed, right, he needs to run outside him. Otherwise, he's not going to get any inch of space to cut inside, which is what he likes doing. So he, he's got to mix it up, which he doesn't do. He just We're not getting, the, you know, Bellerin's not getting past him enough, and he's not mixing it up enough either. Right, right. Um, well, um, <laughs> yeah. no, I would tell you that I think that Pepe, um, first of all, Pepe plays for the wrong club. That's a big problem. You know, Pepe came from Lille, who are a counter-attacking team, and all the highlights we saw were him running into open space on the counter-attack and um, running at speed with the ball, which is going to marry very nicely with my second point, running in straight lines. And, um, and only having one man to beat and then putting the ball in the net, which is his strength. My second point is that um, if you remember his days at Lille, when he was running at pace into open space, he was a direct runner with the ball. That is his major problem at Arsenal. He does not run at speed with the ball. He gets the ball and slows down. And every split second in the Premier League is important. So you, as a winger, you do need to slow down in order to slow the defender down. But I'm talking about half a second. He slows down for about two seconds. So now he's double teamed. And then there's somebody covering behind there. So he's triple teamed. And, he's, and then he waits. Um, he's reactive. So he waits for the defender to, to, to go and lunge. They don't because all the coaches are obviously saying, don't just let him have the ball. He's waiting for you, so don't go for the ball because that's his strength too. He will go around you if you lunge. So he needs to learn to be direct with the ball, get it and run at speed and be proactive and not wait for the defenders. The Premier League defenders are better than the defenders in Liga. And uh, so he's struggling. But then the other point with Pepe is positionally he's in the wrong position because he's an inside right and he normally receives the ball outside of the box. But if you were to get him inside the box, 15 yards inside, and, and teach him to get it, take a touch out of his feet and whip a shot in, or just lay it off for somebody else, you're going to get some kind of version of what Liverpool do with Salah, because Salah plays in the same position, but he doesn't, does he? He plays inside the box, and so he gets you know 20 goals a season and all kinds of assists because they play him to his strength inside the box with minimal touches he doesn't get it on the outside and do what pepe does and try to dribble around three players um but we're not playing him to his strengths which is i don't understand that because that's his position and we could do that because we have played with a high fullback who could take the wing and pepe needs to come inside but that's never happened so i'm waiting it's, it's weird because it's, it's, it's almost like we play with uh when Bellerin and Tierney are both on the pitch. Uh, Bellerin tends to come more inverted, comes more inside the pitch more, whereas Tierney likes to hug the wing. So it's very, it's almost misbalanced how we've got sort of two fullbacks who prefer the ball, who prefer to be on the pitch in different areas, and it's affecting the people that's above them. But and like I say I, I'm missing Saka down the left. 
and well, I don't know. Like I say, I don't know what else to say, Mark. Do you know what I mean, it's been one of them games where we can probably talk for an hour, but there ain't much to talk about for an hour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and no, I mean the, the result. The result in itself is unusual. You know, that's the fifth game in a row that Palace have managed to get at least a point out of us. You know, for us not to have beaten them in in five matches is, you know, it's, says a lot about where we are at the moment. Um, I think the only thing you can do is 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 say, yeah, we we get a clean sheet. Keeper did well. Um, you know, defence looked looked pretty solid, uh, and offensively we had a bit of a poor night. And didn't, didn't do our best. And you've, all we've got to do now is try and fix that for Monday. I mean, like the the, the stories, the stories coming through on Twitter are saying that Arteta has said that um, Tierney's going for an MRI scan tomorrow. So you know, let's hope everything's all right. But you know, if we're if we're like if if it looks like we might not have uh, Tierney for uh, a little bit of time, then maybe yeah, we do have to revert to to Saka. There and, um, and and look at doing something different on on the right hand side, and maybe maybe Arteta could look at what Mike said if he uh, if he if Arteta's been tuning in on the way home from uh, from the game. But I doubt it somehow. Um, I mean, if he hasn't tried, I mean, he's tried a lot of things. I mean, his um, his attempt at playing William as a false nine, I think, will live with me for a very long time. Um, but uh, if he can't look and, and and see it, maybe trying to do something else with Pepe, I'm I'm kind of I'm struggling to see uh, how he can't think of something different there. Uh, to be honest, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, right, says whether we've put him up gone over today. Newcastle next, which is Sunday, I believe. Monday, Monday night. Is it Monday? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just start again with them, isn't it? I mean, like I say, we uh, we turned the man over in the cup, but I presume it's going to be a slightly different lineup and slightly different uh, teams starting for both of us, Mike. Well, Newcastle are nowhere near as solid as Palace are, and certainly with St Maximum out, um, they're nowhere near a threat on the break. So uh, we should be okay, I would imagine, on uh, on Monday. Um, but uh, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of other options we can do until we dip into the transfer market and give ourselves another creative option. Um, so I, I would I would say that that was if there's something good that comes out of tonight, it might be that we don't need to rely on Smith Rowe because um, many people have been saying that be careful who you buy because it may kill Smith Rowe. And much like Mark says, you you know uh, you can't. You can't rely on him for the season. First of all, he's a, a young guy who's had a horrible injury record for such a young player, um, and he's only been playing a couple of years. So Arsenal, you know, there's a perfect player for Arsenal sitting in the championship at Norwich who um, has everything that we want and need and is a far more modern version than Meza Ozil ever dreamed of being. Uh, so he's got the creativity, Buendia I'm talking about, and he's got the work ethic. And he's got that magic. And if we'd have had him tonight, that game would not have been nil-nil because he is not interested in the slightest in pass completion and uh, and being risk-averse. Um, it's all about uh, unpredictability and um, uh, opening defenders' uh, defenses up. Um, so I'm. I think that if there's a positive, big positive tonight, is that 
the club have been shown that, uh, you know, Smith Rowe isn't capable or maybe isn't quite as good as we thought he, were, he is at certain, in certain games against certain defensives and, and that we do need another option there because, again, if we'd have had that on the bench tonight, maybe we win that game. But, but as Mark said, William was the guy on the bench to be the alternate to him and, that, and I'm glad he didn't bring him on. And so, you know, we need another option, don't we? I think that's clear. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Mark, I, I looked at the, I looked at the bench before the game, and I think I said it to uh, my little lot in the WhatsApp group. I said I can't see anybody on that bench who's going to change the game. And sadly, I was proved right. Uh, obviously, we all know we've needed, you know, an attacking midfielder who can also slot back and play as a number eight, etc. Why haven't the club got, you know, I mean, the transfer window's been open, what, 12, 13 days, whatever it is. I mean, is it just purely down to getting people out before we can buy marks, do you reckon? I think it's a combination of things, Gav, you know. I mean, you look at the market, there's not many players moving uh, around because of the, the, the situation that everybody's in. January's always a tough time to get players. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I agree with Mike and I know uh, other people whose opinion I respect are big fans of Wendia and I think he is a great player and we can get him. I'm just not convinced we can get him in January. Uh, I think that might need to be a summer one. I mean, we have we have no money. We have some players that we need to get out the door that we might not be able to get out the door this month. If we could then, you know, that might allow us to, 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 to put a bit more money into a January bid. But I think if, if we're stuck with some of the guys that we've got, uh, it's really going to have to wait until summer. And then it, it's a question of us trying to get to the summer. Um, well, I think for Mikel, Mikel Arteta, it, it's a question of him, him getting to the summer without us having another slump like the one we had where a lot of people were questioning his position, you know, I mean, if, if, if it went to shit again, you know, I think there'd be a lot of people that would be asking the same questions they were asking uh, five, six games ago. So um, I think the club needs to get to the summer, get rid of uh, the players that we know are leaving, try and offload maybe, you know, one or two others and bring in some real quality, you know, for, for the first team, let alone uh, for the squad, because, you know, I think we really do need to improve and upgrade on some of the players that we're having to rely on at the moment. Yeah, no, fair one. Uh, I mean, Mike, I know that uh, you spend a lot of time and effort shifting through uh, and doing analysis on players from all positions. Uh, like I say, I, I know, like I say, your speciality, you're looking for your gyms, really. You're looking for players from the lower divisions. You're looking for players from some of the uh, European leagues that ain't in the top clubs. Uh, yeah. somebody out there at the moment uh, I mean Norwich will not want him today because Norwich are, are looking at the big bucks if they get promoted you know, they right. out promoted so, I mean they're going to try and hold on to him uh, is there anybody else that you sort of fancy around you know, yeah. who, like I say I mean what, what, what do you reckon our budget I mean I've seen rumours that our potential budget if we don't get rid of anybody is only about 20 million so, yeah well like chips yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think that there's quite a few uh, good options that Arsenal actually could um, utilise because they've got some um, players at the club that they need to loan out or potentially sell as make-weights and deals. 
or swap deals. So, for example, if we can't afford the 30, 40 million that it costs to buy Buendia, then I can't imagine Norwich City getting a better player to replace him than Reese Nelson. There's just no way. I mean, Reese Nelson's a Premier League level player, in my opinion, and he just needs a run of games. And so Norwich would be lucky. They're lucky to have Buendia, but they'd be lucky to get a player of the quality of Reese Nelson to replace him. So there's a deal that could be had. There's Joe Willock that you could uh, offer. There's uh, Eddie Nketiah that could be offered as a loan. And so you, there's deals to be had. Uh, there's a player abroad who, to me, is the, arguably the best young player in, in the whole of Europe and I think has been potentially for a, a long time. And I'm taking away players like Mbappe and maybe Haaland and Dortmund who are flying. But his name is Martin Erdegaard and he plays for Real Madrid. He was on loan last year at Real Sociedad. And so if you remember Meza Ozil in his pomp um, at Real Madrid and probably the first couple of years at Arsenal, that's very similar to what you're seeing in this guy. And he's played... I think they said seven minutes in the last six games. He's not getting off their bench. They're talking about a loan. So I think, like Mark said, the most likely scenario is a loan. And if you want quality, it's going to be hard to find a more quality than Martin Erdegaard offers. And then if you can get him for four months and he uh, shines, then you've got a situation where, you know, he might be tempted to to ask, hey, you know, could I'd like to stay. And so therefore you've got this guy who's, I think he's 21, 22, perfect age profile, who can come in and, and be an option for you. Um, so, and then the third guy I would talk about is a player in the championship as well, uh, called Michael Elise. He's a French player, plays at Reading, uh, another wonderful player, plays all the way across the, the front line behind the striker. And so I encourage people to go into YouTube and look up Michael Aliso from Reading. And so he's younger. I think he's about 19. So um, he wouldn't get in Smith Rowe's way necessarily uh, because I'm afraid if you bring a player in like Isco, uh, somebody who's a senior player um, who's going to want to start every week, then that's going to really crunch Smith Rowe's development. But if you bring in a player that's of a similar level to Smith Rowe, then they can just comp compete best man wins and we've got an option there. So uh, there's a few names for you. Yeah, no, fair one. I mean, Mark, to, uh, to end this up, we will do in a couple of minutes, mate, to go on the positive. Uh, we've got Mark, Martinelli coming back. Uh, should be a, a big boost. Uh, but again, it's where does he fit in? To, to be honest, mate, I, I'd, I'd stick him on the left uh, and put Aubameyang on the bench because, you know, I, I don't, don't rate Aubameyang as a captain. I know people don't don't look at the armband and and think it's got the same importance that it had maybe 20, 30 years ago. But I still think you need a captain that that inspires you, and that's not happening at the moment. He's out of form. I think he just needs you know give him a bit of a break and just give Martin just stick Martinelli out on the left and give him give him the run there, you know, because I think at least then you'll get something. And I think if, if please God Tierney's okay, you know Tierney and Martinelli would just give you so much dynamism down that left. Um, so that's where I'd, I'd stick him. Yeah, no, fair one. I mean, like I say, I'm, I'm literally thinking we've got three players who I want to see down the left at the same time. And <laughs> unfortunately, one of them's the captain and he's not necessarily the best option all the time. Anyway, boys, I think we should wrap it up. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, uh, Mark. Yeah, pleasure, Dad. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you very much for uh, joining us, Mike. I believe you're uh, you're on the next one as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, Kev. No problems. And I'm going to try and press the button.
in a very, very nice way so that Paul doesn't have a go at me when he tries to uh, chuck this on the YouTube for people watching this later. Anyway, it was a drag nil-nil, uh, but I've had a good chat with two good mates uh, up the Arsenal. Press the bloody button, will you? Oh, come on, come on, what are you doing? You know what? You know what I should have bought for Christmas? I should I should have I should have asked Santa for a new laptop. I really should have done. And if I win the lottery on Saturday, the first thing I'm gonna do is buy a laptop. Anyway, up the arsenal. Come on, you can do it, you can do it. Press the button, press the button. <laughs> 